You're listening to Empowered Parenting, Real Parents, Real Stories, a podcast that inspires parents to feel courageous and confident in their parenting journey. Listen in with parent and child therapist Cindy Smolkin and Elisa Daly, Executive Director of First Foundation's Jewish Community Preschools, and meet real parents struggling with real issues. Tune in to help you and your children build resilience. Let's get connected. Welcome to Empowered Parenting, Real Parents, Real Stories. This episode is all about hope. It's about finding your optimism. It's about finding really the meaning of what we've been talking about, about empowered parenting. It's about courage and it's about resilience. And I'm really excited um, for you to hear the message. It's a really uplifting episode. We have a very special guest on today. Bethany is a mom of two boys, ages seven and 10. And she's really going to share her story of how she went from feeling truly stuck to a place of optimism and hope. And it's a beautiful story. So let's get right into it. Bethany, it is such a pleasure to have you on. And it's an important one because we're bringing you in to talk about kind of your journey, getting to a place of your own sense of empowerment, your own courage, your own resiliency. And you have so many important things to share. And I, and I can't wait for our listeners to, to feel you, to feel your energy in this podcast. Um, so we're gonna jump right into your story. So Bethany, I, listen, I know your story, um, but I'm wondering if you can share with the listeners kind of what life was like for you. And, and we'll use the pandemic as kind of a time frame. What was life like for you when this pandemic started? And what I mean is, I don't mean your like external life. I mean like your internal life, your internal emotional body. Do you think you can kind of share a little bit of that story? Absolutely. Um, so it's, it's interesting because I don't know that pre-pandemic, I realized how much stress I carried with me on a daily basis until there was nothing to distract me from, you know, that, that stress. And really it was like built up anger inside that, you know, when I look back, the number of times that that anger literally exploded out of me, um, around my kids, around my husband was, I mean, countless. Like I just, I was always feeling like bottling up the frustration and bottling up the stress. And then something as simple as my kids not getting their boots on fast enough was enough to make me literally lose my mind to the point where I was almost outside of my body, seeing myself screaming at my children and then wondering how I could possibly stop it, but realizing I couldn't because it was like, it was too late. Like in the way that a toddler has a meltdown and they're like on the floor of the grocery store kicking and screaming, I could see myself doing it. And I, I actually had no way to stop it. Like I couldn't control how upset I got with things that, yeah, we all get upset when we've said, okay, five more minutes, three more minutes, two more minutes. Okay. One minute. Okay. Put your boots on. I've lined them up for you. And somehow it takes five minutes here for your kids to put your boots on. It just snowballed into something that I, I couldn't control anymore. And then the pandemic hit and everything that I thought was hard before somehow became so much harder because 
there was no more outlet. I had no opportunity to go to work or see friends or be with my family. And all of those opportunities that used to be outlets for me to let go of the, the home stress disappeared and it disappeared in like, you know, in a snap. Bethany, can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. Do you, do you feel okay to like, I'm going to like ask you to dig even deeper. Do you feel okay to identify what laid behind that stress? You know, you can even list it for me, like that internal stress. So it's not about the boots not being put on. That's kind of the external story that triggered the stress. But what was the actual stress all about for you? That's a really hard question. Um, I think, I think I just wasn't happy and um, it wasn't something specific that like made me unhappy, but I just think that deep down I wasn't that happy. And I always saw the negative things that were happening and let myself really dwell in that. So, you know, a bad day was a bad day, but like, man, it really was so bad, you know? And, and wow, I really was so like annoyed with this situation or a person or a work situation or whatever. And I, and, you know, instead of giving myself an opportunity to say like, you know what, that really did suck, but let's, let's find something to focus on. That's not negative. I really focused on the negative. And I think that that was, that became the root of the stress that I focused on the negative in every situation. And that really rolled into something that like, I didn't know how to let go of because I, I'd been doing it for so long. And I think, I really think I've been doing it for like my whole life. It's yeah. such a rabbit hole. I mean, I think the idea of like looking at things through the lens of negativity or cynicism or stress it is easy to dwell on those things, um, but it is a rabbit hole. And when you start going down it, it's hard to go out of. And so it sounds like for you, maybe that was kind of a, a, a perspective or a lens that you look through life for a long period of time. And then I guess what you were getting as the pandemic hit and it became almost explosive. Like it was just, and without those distractions that you talked about, it was you and the rabbit hole. And I'm imagining you literally like sitting in this rabbit hole, feeling all this 24 seven. Okay. So tell us about like a little bit about when the pandemic hit and, and how this most unraveled for you. So I actually think in the first couple of weeks of, of the pandemic, it, I didn't notice it. The, the stress almost like for the first couple of weeks, it kind of disappeared because nobody had any idea what was happening. And it was almost like a little bit of time off. And so that was fine. And, and, I, and I didn't really notice, you know, any kind of concerns, you know, like with how I was feeling. And then when I started to realize that it seemed like there was no light at the end of the tunnel and that like, it felt like we were never going to get through this and, the kids were going to be learning from home and coming down every five minutes to ask me a question that I'm sure were legitimate questions, but I ended up feeling really resentful 
to them. Looking back now, almost a year later, like how crazy is that, that I was like so put out by like my kid having a question because they've never learned from a computer before. And all I wanted to do was watch TV. Like I, I just, it seems so selfish and so crazy now, but at the time I was feeling, you know, anxious about no end. And I was feeling depressed that I had lost everything that gave me who I was. I was a stay-at-home mom for five years and I I chose that. It was a choice and I and I wanted to do it. But eventually when I realized I was ready to go back to work, I had discovered that I was missing this huge part of the person I had been before I had had children. And all of a sudden the pandemic hit and the, the first few weeks of this, like, oh, we're kind of on vacation, bubble popped. And I started to feel like I was losing myself. Everything that made me who I was, was out the door because I, I was just someone's wife, someone's mother, a teacher, and some, and like housekeeper. And none of those were jobs that I wanted anymore. And I think that that's where I started to like really like unravel. And I didn't know who to talk to about it. And I didn't know what to do about it. And I, I just stewed in it and it just, it got worse and worse. And I didn't know how to like get out of it because I was really stuck, like stuck is the best way to describe it. So Cindy, I think that any parent on the planet, any human, you don't even have to be a parent to relate to the idea of being stuck. Um, it's, you know, and anybody who's listened to me talk over the past many episodes know that I get stuck all the time um, and that I struggle with dysregulation. And, you know, I have a little toolbox of things that I do to deal with my stuck feeling. But I guess what Bethany is talking about is like this compounded feeling of stuck over stuck over stuck over stuck and the impact that that had on her mental health. It was really profound. I know Bethany to hear her say I wasn't happy sort of stopped me in my tracks. It goes back to the idea of wearing a mask because she wears that mask heavily. It, it, it's surprising to hear her say that. And it's interesting, we, I had an experience with my mom and my sister and my nephew this morning. My, my four-year-old nephew was having like a full-blown meltdown and he doesn't usually, and it was really weird. And my sister beautifully got him out of the meltdown. You know, we were out walking. She gave him a piece of pizza and a stick <laughs> and he was like a new person. And, and my mom a said- popsicle, you mean? Yeah, basically. No, <laughs> like a, a stick from the forest and a piece of pizza. Oh, okay, okay. And my mom said to me, girls, like, you know, if only life was so easy, if only adults could get out of their feelings of being stuck so easily. And I said, well, you know, if we could all just have, if pizza and a stick was enough to do it. And, but the beautiful thing about what we're about to hear in Bethany's story is that she found her own version um, of how to not get herself out of one moment of feeling stuck, but of, um, uh, you know, a prolonged feeling of stuckness. And, um, you really have to admire what you're going to hear. And I'm excited for, for our listeners to hear it. So let's get back to Bethany. You know, Bethany, when you were talking earlier, like I literally had goosebumps all over my body because, you know, the way you articulated this idea of being so stuck, being, being stuck in this kind of fury of, of stress and seeing so much through such a negative lens and it sounds so overwhelming and so stressful and to hear you say like in some ways you felt like you had become a shell of the person who you once might have been so now let's move on uh, now's where we get to like the uplifting part now's where we get to hear how you moved into 
a different story for yourself. Was there a turning point for you where you kind of came to some decision like this, I can't, I, I can't continue to feel this way? Or was it an evolution over time? It was 100% over time. I, I never had the aha moment that like things sucked and they needed to be better. Like I knew they sucked and I knew they needed to be better, but I didn't know how to make them better. And so I was just kind of coasting. And, you know, COVID has taken a lot from a lot of us. This pandemic has been so hard, but it's, it has given some things and I didn't realize right away, but when I look back now, now that I'm, I'm in this like better place and it's not perfect, but it's so much better. Um, I look back and I see gifts that I was given that somehow even you know as I attempted to climb out of this rabbit hole that I I allowed myself to appreciate and so I was so worried about summer because it was already the longest summer I think we've ever had like camps were gonna run longer and like all of a sudden now there's nothing and, I, and I'm oh my god we're in 10 weeks with our kids on our own but I started to like get outside now bed better weather makes me feel good. Like I am happy when it's sunny. I'm happy when it's warm. I believe that like, you know, the winter sad thing is a real thing, but being outside with the kids and allowing myself to enjoy being out there. We went, we bought bikes. We went for bike rides. We did walks. We played at the park. We swam. And I started to enjoy time with my kids and I look back and realize what a gift that is and, and what a gift last summer was for I think kids and adults alike I mean kids got to enjoy a summer that us as grown-ups enjoyed every summer because there wasn't all this structure and activities and you know before and after and during camp and whatever so it I, I allowed myself to enjoy it. And I think it was the first time I allowed myself to enjoy anything in a long time. You know, and, and listen, you're identifying, shifting your perspective, you're identifying feelings of gratitude, you're identifying feelings of appreciation. Do you remember at the time, did you choose to start noticing those things in like a mindful kind of way? Or did it just kind of happen? Um, actually, a combination of both. At the beginning, it just kind of happened. Mm -hmm. And when that shift happened and I started seeing the good versus the negative, I said to myself, I'm gonna look for the good. And I've never been a silver lining person. And I've never really liked when other people have told me that like, well, it could be worse because of course it could be worse. We know it could be worse, but letting myself say, okay, it was bad. Let's find, let's find something good that came out of it. And, and it's, I try to carry that with me every single day. When I have something crappy that happens, I try not to let myself get stuck. I look for something that I can move forward with and, and see something positive that will result from whatever happened, whatever negative experience happened, I'm gonna force myself, I'm gonna say to myself, when I when I start to get into that place where I'm like, oh my God, I don't know how I'm gonna, I don't know what to do. I say, okay, you know what, it's fine. Let that go. 
this is what we've got coming up, okay? So the kids are gonna be off for two weeks for Passover. I'm a little stressed about it, but here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna see if I can focus on what kinds of things we can do that will make it fun. What can be fun? And, and that's where I've, that's where my shift has happened. I know it's gonna be hard. I'm gonna allow myself to feel a little stressed because it's allowed. I'm allowed to feel stressed, but I'm also not gonna let that take over for me. Listen, we know no one could be optimistic and resilient all the time. So that's just a given. But you have gone through this major shift. And so I'm so interested to know, how do you feel now as a woman, as a mom, as a wife, in all the various hats, how do you feel? So it's funny, I kind of, it's kind of a tricky question because, you know, if you ask me on a good day, I feel so good. I feel lighter. I feel stronger. Like as, as a woman, as a person, as a mother, as a wife, I feel better at those jobs because those jobs are so hard. Um, you know, on a harder day, maybe not. It's, it's exhausting to live in a life where you're focused on the negative. Like it's actually exhausting. And when I, really worked when I started noticing I was letting go like just on my own and then I worked to really let go that that feeling of I've got this I'm actually doing okay you know it's it's a lot of pressure to be a parent and feel like you're shaping your children's lives into hopefully teaching them to be like really good human beings because that's really hard and there are not enough of them out there so I feel like I'm doing better. I feel like I'm teaching them that it's okay to make mistakes because when I do make a mistake and, you know, I don't deal with the situation correctly, one of the things that my husband and I always make an effort to do is, you know, once that situation's diffused and everyone's had a chance to sort of settle down, I always go back and say, hey, buddy, I'm sorry. I made a mistake. That wasn't okay. I shouldn't have yelled at you or... You know, I should have listened first or it wasn't a fair choice to make. This was your choice and not my choice. And I think that seeing, seeing the look on their faces, sometimes they accept it and they're like, yeah, that's cool. I don't, I don't care. And, and sometimes they really, they're like, thanks. And, and, and you can see that it means a lot to them that you admit you were wrong and that you say that you apologize because we're always asking our kids to admit that they're wrong and to apologize to their brother, to their friend, to their parent. You know, we're always asking that of them. And I don't think as parents, we show them enough that, that we do it. And if we show them that we're doing it, it's going to come more naturally to them. If, and it doesn't come naturally to us. We're grownups and apologizing, apologizing to our children is not an easy thing to do. But when we make that effort to apologize, it goes a long way. And then I feel a lot better at the end. My husband and I always said that we would never go to bed angry. I remember sitting down with the, with the canter before we got married and our parenting, you know, in our husband-wife sessions. And we always said that our promise to each other is that we wouldn't go to bed angry. That if we thought about something, it was okay to fight, but we were going to clear that stuff up before we went to bed so that it didn't carry into the next day. And now we kind of take that with our kids. We're not going to let that, you know, I'm not going to let them go off to school or go to bed knowing that I said something I regretted. And I used to do it a lot. 
I used to do it a lot. We'd leave the house and I'd be screaming at the children. We'd get in the car and I'd drop them off at school. And I had to carry that a whole day. And that sucked. And I, and I try not to do that anymore because I want to drop them off or I want to kiss them to, you know, kiss them on the forehead before they go to bed and know that whatever crap we've dealt with today is, is done. We dealt with it. And, and we finalized those things and we're moving forward onto like a better day tomorrow. Bethany, honestly, you do not make parenting sound easy. You do not make being a wife sound easy. You do not make fundamentally being a human being sound easy. <laughs> However, you exude in your honesty, also a lightness, a lightness of this idea of finding silver linings, this idea of trusting your own resiliency that, okay, yeah, like I'm going to muck up as a parent. Sometimes it's going to happen, but I'm going to own it. And I'm going to also let it go. And that, that's what it means to be an empowered parent. An empowered parent never means I will never make a mistake. That's not humanly possible. It means I'm going to be human, but I'm going to find my resilience. I'm going to own what I need to, and I'm going to move forward and I'm not going to lose my confidence. And for anyone who's listening, my wish is that they feel that from you. Honestly, it comes out you like, like out of you like a ray of light. And I, and I only hope that it touches people to feel the possibility of optimism, to feel the possibility that so much of parenting, for sure in a pandemic, but even not in a pandemic, is not gonna feel easy. And sometimes it's not about fixing problems. Sometimes it's about shifting our perspective. And you just speak to that. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for sharing your personal story. Um, and, and for giving that story to all our parents who are listening. Thank you. Wow, Cindy, that, I mean, I know Bethany and I've been with her on her journey, but that resonated with me, like in my insides, it's crazy. So if you think back to episode one, where I talk about my journey and this concept of feeling empowered and courageous as a parent, as a journey, and how you don't have to do major weekly therapy. You don't have to read 800 parenting books. It's a, it's a, a shift in your mental health. It's a decision to feel okay. It's a decision to incorporate compassion to yourself and into your home and to your kids. And it's a feeling and it, it, it's empowerment. And that makes you look at your kids and say, we got this, like we're all on the same team. And even when you're getting it wrong, you can feel optimistic that you have what the foundation to go back to, to get it right. And I guess my, my hope from this podcast is that maybe there are parents who's, who have listened to 12 episodes and, and feel like they have a starting point to incorporate this shift in their mindset to feel empowered because we know that we're going to go uphill and downhill and uphill and downhill. But if you have an inside of courage and inside of bravery and compassion for yourself and your, and, and the knowledge that your mental health can get you through or a strong mental basis can get you through, 
the impact can be huge. And that trickles down into our kids, right? Like I said in episode one, if we're okay, then they're okay. It's so, so true. You know, listen, for anyone, you know, someone who might be struggling with real mental health issues um, in, in the varying spectrum that they could present, to even on, on any level, incorporating the idea of kind of choosing to shift our lens, choosing to find optimism. No human being can be a perfect parent. I do this for a living and I'm far from a perfect parent. And so part of it is giving ourselves permission to not be perfect, owning and taking responsibility when we are very imperfect and owning that and, and perhaps working towards uh, repair and doing better but we're all gonna make mistakes. And so the idea of accepting that and then finding the compassion to ourselves, that's what it means to be an empowered parent. Accept the stuff we're good at, accept the stuff we're not, own the stuff we've done wrong, try to repair it, be compassionate to ourselves. And all of that will lend itself to the emotional environment that our kids grow up in. Yeah. And what a beautiful message to even send our kids. You're not going to get right at all the time. So own it when you do. But you know what? Be loving to yourself. Be kind to yourself and trust that you have the ability to take on the next day, that we are compassionate to ourselves and we are resilient. That's what it means to be an empowered person. Yeah. And I think that I honestly think that my journey of doing it has it, it's come down to my kids. My kids are they are both very resilient and they're very courageous and they struggle with different things. But like, I look at Noah and like, he's this like amazing, amazing seven-year-old who's gone through such a journey with his mom. And like, I look at him, I'm like, I know that you're going to be okay. I know. Cause you're, he's like, you know, he's just this little person. And so it does trickle down to your kids. It's not isolated to us and we can empower ourselves and empower our kids. And um, I hope that parents will listen to this um, and walk away with that. What we wanted them to do is feel empowered. Thank you so much for listening. Um, we really enjoyed our episode this week and we hope you did too. Um, please join us next week. We are going to meet a new parent named Kim and talk all about the journey of becoming a parent. We'll look forward to seeing you then. Have a good week.